Today on the Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus, we are going to be talking about the greatest rock operas, rock operas, hard rock operas of all time. Stick around. You're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, changing rock history one podcast at a time. everybody welcome back to the ludini hard rock and metal circus where we always without fail shove it down your throat before we ram it up your ass you can thank me later today's on the ludini hard rock and metal circus we're going to be talking about the greatest rock operas hard rock rock and heavy metal operas of all time we've got our resident rock historian in the house with us today miss lily v6 say hi lily hi lily okay um you are listening to ludini hard rock and metal circus you can find us on the web at ludini hard rock and metal circus excuse me ludini rock and roll circus.com see it's right here it's in my t-shirt okay ludini rock and roll circus.com speaking of cool t-shirts and whatnot um guys we have a Patreon page. This is really, really important. I want to see a couple of people during the course of the show tonight go to Patreon and give us a buck, five bucks that you could do like the smallest, whatever. It doesn't cost hardly anything to say we love great rock and roll, hard rock and heavy metal, and we support you guys <clears throat> um, for like, you know, a cup of coffee a month, a beer a month is really kind of like really all that will cost you guys. Um, and you get some cool perks too. Um, so you guys can check that all out at Lou Lombardi, excuse me, patreon.com backslash Lou Lombardi, patreon.com backslash Lou Lombardi. It's all there. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that during the course of today's show. Um, so Lily, how are you doing? What's going on with you this week? I'm doing great. Um, I was just in Canandaigua, New York and saw Bush live in Our Lady Peace was a great show. Uh, live was probably my favorite, as they always are. Um, beautiful venue. Oh, you saw Bush live, live comma. and our... Okay, I thought you said I saw Bush live and Our Lady Peace. I got you. Three things. I got Three you. Three things. And then um, this week, I'm actually seeing Survivor on Friday. The Eye of the Tiger. Right. <laughs> and um, possibly a metal show up in New York this weekend. So Ooh. we'll see how that goes. That sounds like fun. Couple of bands from Erie, couple of bands from Ohio, couple of bands from there. So it'll be nice, nice little all day kind of thing. So we'll see how that goes. And um, that's all I got right now. Okay. Um, all right, great guys. We are going to get the the podcast started with some music before we do this each week. Those of you guys who are new to the uh, Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus. We usually play about four songs while we're discussing our topic amongst other things <clears throat> and they're always artists that you more than likely don't know from any place else or not too many other places there's probably some other podcasts rock rage radio might be playing some of these artists uh, but these are not the hard rock heavy metal and rock and roll artists that you're just going to turn on your local rock station and hear or even see on any kind of uh, broadcast concert thing or any award show or anything like that. But they are great bands and they deserve to be heard. This guy is a guy who emailed me. See, this is See, if you got great music and you're a good rock, hard rock, or heavy metal artist, reach out to me. You can send me an email at, lou, at lulombardimusic.com and I'll check it out. And I will play you most if, if it's professional if it sounds good professionally produced and it's in our niche I'm gonna play it. It's not hard. Just get a hold of me and I'll do it. So because we're always looking to promote more artists and this is a gentleman that got a hold of me uh, this week. His uh he, he's he goes by Mr. Battle, and this is a track called King of the Wasteland on the Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus.
Mr. Battle, everybody. And I'm going to give you a little bit of info on where you can find a little more Mr. Battle for yourself. Mr. Battle, that's M-R, battleofficial.com is the website. Check out Mr. Battle. Uh, uh, he's got a bunch of other songs there uh, that you can check out too. There's a uh, it's on Spotify and YouTube and all that cool stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. I can't wait to meet the guy. We're gonna do an interview with him. I'm gonna get him gonna get him on the show as well. So you can check that out at MrBattleOfficial.com. Uh, so Lily, what uh, we're gonna talk about rock opera. What do you want to start? You want to give like maybe kind of like a little background or definition or some clarification or what a what is a rock opera? So it's a collection of rock music songs with lyrics that relate to a common story, usually released as a concept album and are not scripted for acting, which distinguishes them from a regular opera. So basically, it's a bunch of music all related to gather to tell a story in, you know, a quick definition. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Now, is when somebody does a rock opera, is there speaking? There can be. Not always. Okay. U- usually, more often than not, there's no speaking, but sometimes there is. Sometimes Occasionally. <clears throat> Would something like Across the Universe be a rock opera or more like a rock musical? That's probably a rock musical, in my opinion. There is a lot of speaking. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Like, I would call Bohemian Rhapsody a rock musical. <laughs> Rocket Man, yeah, and Rocket Man is a rock musical for sure. I would not classify because they didn't. Cre- there wasn't an album initially to create said thing where everything relates to the other. It's just a collection of music that the artist wrote. And what's the difference between a rock opera and a concept album? <laughs> I don't know if there is much difference. <laughs> well, I would say that a rock opera has some sort of visual acted out component to it oh i guess yeah like say like like jesus christ superstar or something like that like tommy was made into a film Mm -hmm. the wall the wall film but it was it was a rock opera prior to that i mean they turn they adapt them into things later on because somebody asked me today would bat out of hell i considered a rock opera i almost put it on my list but i don't think all the songs really relate to one story so that's why okay. I, wouldn't, can, I wouldn't count it. Okay. But I would, like it. Would Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band be a rock opera? I don't know. It's a concept that, album. That now, one sort of confused well, me. Well, here's the thing with that is, now I know it's really, this is kind of heavily poo-pooed by a lot of people. But, but the Bee Gees and Olivia, I believe Olivia Newton-John and a bunch of people did a rock did a film called Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club. I like Peter it. Frampton is in it. Aerosmith in it. Aerosmith is in it. Right, that's what they do. They uh, they do come together? They did. Okay, so... At the very end of the movie. <laughs> I watched the whole thing for that. So, <laughs> so the, in that case, they did take that and did turn it into a rock opera. Right. I don't know if that is on our list or not. Lily is the, is the uh, is list, list. keeper of all that is... You know, good and great and wholesome in rock. Not that my opinion is, you know, set in stone, but it's pretty important. So, <laughs> okay. So, why don't we go ahead and start our list then? So, what do you got, girl? I'm going to start with Too Old to Rock and Roll, Too Young to Die by Jethro Tull. Um, it's their ninth studio album, uh, released by British band Jethro Tull in 1976. Um, it's also, they have several concept albums, but this is the last one that they released that follows the story of a character called Ray Lomas, who is an aging rock star, um, who finds fame with the changes of musical trends. And Ian Anderson, who is the front man for the band, stated that the point of the album was to illustrate how his style of music may go out of popularity and out of style with every other fashion fad, but it's determined that if he sticks it, sticks to it, everything comes back around and the style will rise again. And he goes on to explain that the concept came from the turmoil of the rise of the punk movement and was not meant to be autobiographical at all um, as an aging songwriter. Um, some members of the press, of course, took their album as attempt an attempt to get uh, for them to get with the punk movement, which that's not what they were trying to do at all. But I do... Like that one, and I do think it fits into the rock opera category. Um, are there any singles off of that album that we would have heard? 
The broke radio. I thought I put a list of them on here. Um, well, obviously, too old to rock and roll. Um, I know I put them on every other. Look that up real quick. Yeah. While we're while Lily's looking at that, um, the first rock opera was from 1968 by The Pretty Things, and it was called Sorrow. And it's generally acknowledged as the first rock opera, although Pete Townsend denied taking any influence from SF Sorrow. Critics have compared. Uh, it to uh, the Who's Tommy. So just a little bit of uh, uh, trivia info there for you on uh, the history there of the rock opera. I mean, okay, so old rocker, um, too, too old to rock and roll, and Pied Piper are ones that I know. Okay. As far as the other ones, not sure that they made it to radio. Okay, cool. All. all right, so what is next on your list? Next on my list... And I strayed from uh, most of the popular ones. Is Mechanical Animals by Marilyn Manson? Um, it's their third studio album, released in 1998. So it's later on uh, that they made this one. Um, they sort of changed from their industrial alternative metal styles um, and went into like more of a glam mixed with industrial, mixed with electronic. Um, it deals with the trappings of fame and drug abuse. Um, a rock opera and concept album. This is the second installment in a trilogy, which included Antichrist Superstar and Hollywood. Uh, went platinum in US, Canada, and New Zealand. So the songs from that one, and I knew I put them in some of these things, were The Dope Show, Rock is Dead, I Don't Like Drugs But the Drugs Like Me, and Coma White. Um, he takes on, now this is funny, this, this is sort of related to another one I have on my list. Manson takes on the role of a glam rocking, ambiguous alien messiah called Omega. Boy, I wonder who else did something. I know. <laughs> so he sort of took from another musician that we'll talk about later who did sort of the same thing. Um, he had, a, in the, in the uh, rock opera, he had a band called Mechanical Animals and was turned into a rock star. He becomes numb to the world due to the drug use as a coping mechanism and uh, life as a product of corporate masters. And then he has a second role called Alpha who Manson based on himself uh, and his experiences around the conclusion of the Antichrist superstar era. So, Explain to me this trilogy. I was not aware that his records were... Or, this is totally... You totally caught me yeah. blindsided me with this. So, <clears throat> I was not aware that Marilyn Manson, A, ever did a rock opera, and B, <laughs> any of his stuff was like, like a trilogy or some kind of connected well, uh, cycle of albums. Technically, only the second one, which is Mechanical Animals, is a rock opera, but he ties it into Antichrist Superstar and Hollywood being is that it's sort of like the bridge between the two, but he says that Hollywood is technically supposed to come first when it's number three, and Antichrist is supposed to be number three when it's number one. So he's totally confusing everybody with this, but I, in my opinion, from listening to all these albums, thanks to my sister, who made me listen to Antichrist Superstar, Mechanical Animals is definitely on the same line as, I'm not going to say it right now, as someone else's, which is definitely a rock opera. Okay. So, yeah, they all tie in together, though, if you listen to them all. It's um, all about, it's all, it tells a story. I was not yeah. aware of that, and I think that that is um, pretty freaking Kind of a cool. fun fact. Yeah, I think it's really neat. Fun stuff. So, um, the song that I know, mainly from my favorite song, you na named one of my favorite Marilyn Manson songs is, I don't like the drugs, but the, the drugs, drugs like, like me. me. That's that's a great song. That's a freaking awesome song. I would like to. <laughs> I'd love to play that in my cover band. I don't know if I get the guys talk the guys into doing it. Probably not. I like the dope show. I really, it's catchy. I just and you know Marilyn Manson. I never considered to be a catchy kind of guy until he came up with Mechanical Animals. So he was more like, oh, he's like about death and dying and blah blah blah. Really not at all. If you listen, <laughs> this is before I knew music. I guess. Well, right. So, what's next on your list? We, we we hit some Jethro Tull. We have some Marilyn Manson. I have Maggots the Record. What? By the Plasmatics. Maggots the Record. Yes. So, it's their fourth uh, studio album um, by Wendy O. Williams and the Plasmatics. Uh, it was released in 1987. It's an album set 25 years in the future, which would make it 2012. So we're past that now. Okay. Um, it's where environmental abuse and the burning of fossil fuels have created a greenhouse effect leading to an end of the world scenario sort of thing. Um, it depicts various scenes of uh, this family, the white family, over a course of three days. Um, they're devoured by maggots while watching a TV game show. These superhuman maggots that like the government created, basically. And what, what's the name of the album again? Maggots the Record. 
And people are getting eaten by these massive maggots while laying in bed, while just watching TV. And the final scene of the record shows the entire human population is headed for imminent annihilation. (laughs) Um, Credited as being the first thrash metal opera because it follows the rock opera formula, but done in thrash metal. So Um, every other track is spoken word. This is where I was getting into some of them have speaking parts. But this is so they can sort of describe the scene between the songs. They're very short in between sort of things like like 1.1 and like that's the first track and then you know it goes to two and then 2.1 what are the any highlights from from the record so there's songs that i do like from the record there too you're a zombie and the day of the humans is gone those are both probably the best songs on the entire record the rest of it's sort of kind of silly but these are the two good ones (laughs) if you do listen to this um and it actually received positive feedback from critics because i normally Punk bands don't really receive great critical acclaim, but this because they said they basically said this was genius by her. Wow! So, yeah, you should check it out. <laughs> I will definitely have to check it out. How many do you have on your list? Total? I have twelve. You have twelve. Okay, let's do one more before we go to a song. Okay, um, the next one I have is "The Graveyard" by King Diamond, uh, seventh studio album uh, released in 1996. One of the most successful King Diamond albums. Um, basically, his um, Story is King's character is an employee for a perverted, crooked mayor. Um, one night he comes to see the mayor molesting his own daughter. Ooh. Uh, her name's Lucy, and she does, and he doesn't keep quiet about it, but the mayor testifies that the king is insane, and he has him locked up. And after three years of being in this insane asylum, he ex- escapes, and he's mentally destroyed, of course. Runs off to a local graveyard to hide from police and plot revenge. Um, and he begins killing people who just sort of like walk through the graveyard. And finally, he uh, kidnaps the mayor's daughter and buries her alive. So now he's challenged the mayor to come find her. He, there, there's seven graves, and he only gets to pick three. But ultimately, he does pick the last, like, the third one is the right one. And um, in the end, the king gets decapitated by stained glass. <laughs> and the mayor's daughter ends up going back with the mayor, but takes the head of the king and puts it in the backpack so he could always be with her. Oh, so, yeah. that's nuts. it's sort of a love story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! And any any sort of like well, now um, I meant I meant to ask you, and I didn't ask you about the um, <clears throat> were there any tours or anything with these records that that where they kind of like portrayed the the rock opera? I, I should have asked that. Too old to rock and roll, yes. Uh, Mechanical animals, absolutely. Maggots, the record, I don't know. It didn't ever really say. And Graveyard, I do believe King did that because he do, he he was very dramatic in his very stuff. The, yeah, he's theatrical gotcha. in all of his stuff. Okay, awesome. Uh, guys, uh, we know that you love great hard rock and heavy metal and rock and roll. Uh, shout out to our uh, friends at Rock Rage Radio. Shout out at our friends at Classic 92.3 for, uh, you know, being a couple of affiliates for us. But if you want to do so, if you're scoring like, these guys are great. I'm, I'm totally loving this. Just jump on over to patreon.com backslash Lou Lombardi. Now, we have it in the description, and uh, Lily is posting it occasionally in the uh, comments there. That's patreon.com backslash Lou Lombardi. And you can, uh, you know, just a buck here five bucks whatever you want to do there's some cool perks the higher up you go you get you know listening parties and there's all kind of fun shit there um so check that out and we really could we really could use a little you know junk in the trunk here with with this will allow us to do more stuff for you guys take this to a to another level uh, as well as uh increase our cachet with classic 92.3 and and uh, rock rage radio possibly to getting us even better uh time slots i would love to be like morning drive time or afternoon drive time on one of these or both of these uh uh stations because that's the prime thing so when, when we can show that we've got people supporting us it goes a long way for that so if you believe in great rock you love what we do you enjoy the topics you enjoy the the banter the exchange because we always bring you guys in in fact we're gonna be talking about your comments when we come back after the song uh patreon.com backslash lou lombardi and i was joking around before the show i said like this is gonna be like the jerry lewis telethon i'm having a little fun with it uh, you know <laughs> just kidding around okay guys this i love this band and i am so blown away by their latest record reign of z you know we we've been playing them for a couple of years 
on the show, and I've just watched that band grow and get better and better and better and better. This uh, latest album, first of all, the title is awesome, uh, Mirrors and Memories. They released it uh, in April. It's a it's an EP. You know, I don't it's play. Wonderful. Yes, I don't play anything that is doesn't isn't professionally doesn't sound professionally <clears throat> produced. This is not only sounds professionally produced, it sounds like it was recorded. It may have been. sounds like it was recorded in like a million-dollar studio with a thousand-dollar-an-hour, uh, uh, you know, recording engineer, you know, mixing it and recording it and everything. It's it's abs- The production is absolutely stellar. We've come to expect great singing, songwriting, and playing from Zosa and company. <laughs> so that's kind of a given. You know that's coming. But I was just blown away by the production on this. We're going to play the track Innocence. It's the first track off the album. Check it out, Innocence by Reign of Z on the Ludini Hard Rock and Heavy Metal Circus. Reign of Z. 
I feel like I should say it like that. Reign of Z, guys. Innocence from uh, Mirrors and Memories. Let's give you a little Reign of Z info so you can get a little Reign of Z for yourself, and you can do that. It can all be done at where? Easy peasy. Reignofz.com. Simple. Reignofz.com. Check those guys out. And it is, and of course, it's Rain, R-E-I-G-N, guys, not R-A-I-N. Because I know some jabrons. <laughs> oh, I said for it, I can find it. So, no. <laughs> not. Uh, we are talking about rock operas. Um... And we were talking on during the song about some that we kind of spaced on, didn't uh, really think of. But we're going to come back to that. And we have some people that Comment. chimed in on a uh, Facebook post that we did today. Did you want me to go over that, or did you want to go over that? Or I mean, or, uh, let's do the shout-outs couple, first. Yeah, the people are watching. Let's do that first. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we've got Jeffrey Scott watching, Angelina Green, one of our people, uh, Bands and Breakfast, of course, Redson Webster, Mike Michalak, Snowdy... Snowdy Heemskirk, which we always scrope. Uh, Natalie Cardinal, hey, how are you, girl? Uh, Mike Eichert said rock operas are operas like Verity, Bits at Mozart, Wagner. We're not going with those guys, but that's cool anyway. Uh, Snowdy said Savage, The Wake of Magellan is a great metal opera. I don't know that one. Uh, Jeffrey Scott said, how about some King Diamond, which I, I think you put that before I talked about the King Diamond. Um, Snowdy also said Hair is a good oh, one. Yeah. Um, and also Pinball Wizard, which is Tommy. Um, Tracy Sampson also said Pinball Wizard and Hair are both great. Um, King Diamond, Them. I don't know that one. Sweeney Todd. That's a great one. I didn't really think of. I was thinking more of albums into. Correct. Yeah. Rock those and metal. But those are, those have, are perfect. That's why we have you guys. Yep. So, yeah. All right. And that's all I got on here. Okay, cool. So. Um, let's get into uh, a little bit more here with what we have for uh, rock operas on the on the on the Lily list. <laughs> so, what do you got next, girl? So, the next one I have on my list is "From the Inside" by Alice Cooper. Uh, it's the fourth album that they released in 1978. Um, it's about Alice Cooper's stay in the New York Sanitarium when he was going through alcoholism. Um, each of the characters in the songs were based on actual people that he met in the place. Um, it also uh, had the addition of three former members of Elton John's band, lyricist Bernie Taupin, guitarist Davy Johnstone, and the bassist Dee Murray. Nice. Um, the famous songs on there are How You Gonna See Me Now and From the Inside. The album was later adapted into a comic book by Marvel. I had no idea that that was a thing. Um, and critics stated that the songs are full of good ideas, but the songwriters and performers approached it too seriously and it should have come off as a parody. Well, it was about a serious matter that Cooper was going through, so sh shame on you. Um, and they also said it lacks immediate appeal like Cooper's other albums, but this was something that he was going through, so he wrote a, an opera about it, and I, well, I what, think When it's was fantastic. this released? That's another thing. 78. We, we should get the dates when these things were released. Yeah. 78. Okay, so this was in an era when that sort, this sort of thing was a little bit more in vogue. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's a pain. Uh, so, <laughs> so... Bands were doing more stuff like this. There was earlier acts like the Beatles that inspired this sort of thing. And so concept albums by progressive rock acts and rock acts as well as rock operas and rock musicals and whatnot. You know, that was that was kind of the heyday of that sort of thing. Yes, it continued on, but in terms of big commercial, put it out there sort of thing, it was really that era. So not unheard of um, during the 70s for, for these, uh, uh, the late 60s and 70s to hear, hear about these uh, types of things. If you anybody know, does find this album, it's really cool, the album art. It's like lots of flaps and stuff where you can see different characters of Cooper and like everything. It's super cool. So if anybody does find that, let me know. I'd be willing to buy it. <laughs> And do you have any standout tracks on that? That, that was um, How Are You Gonna See Me Now, which is a ballad, and From the Inside, From the which inside. is the title track. Okay, cool. So, uh, next. The next. next one is The Crimson Idol by Wasp. Um, fifth studio album by heavy metal band Wasp, released in 1992 in the U.S., or internationally in 1992, and then in the U.S. 1993. Um, tells the story of the rise and fall of a fictional rock star named Jonathan Steele, who was the second of two sons and is a complete failure to the par parents, while the first son is held on a pedestal. Uh, well, the older brother is killed, 
the younger son sort of runs away and is, gets into drugs and alcohol and he steals the guitar and he becomes the Crimson Idol. Um, but in the end, he just wants acceptance from his parents and he doesn't get that, so he commits suicide. Um, in 2018, Napalm Records re released a re-recording of the album along with a DVD of the film that was originally supposed to accompany the album. I didn't know that the film actually existed. Um, the uh, title or the tracks on it were Chainsaw Charlie, I Am One, The Idol, Hold On To My Heart, which is a fantastic ballad by Blackie Lawless. You got to hear it. I have it. I love it. And um, it was originally to be released as a Blackie Lawless uh, solo album, but he bowed down to fan pressure and released it under Wasp. Um, and they did do a tour for this, but it took 15 years to do the actual tour. So they did it in 2007. Jeez. Yeah. So, and critics said it was a Blackie Lawless solo album and nothing more. That's all he got. The, the critics ever like a band like Wasp? I don't no, know. they can't. They're not going to like say anything. They, you know, what they, they know secretly about? like them. They just won't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. So we have a little bit of Wasp in there as well. So a lot of bands you didn't realize Had who did rock, operas. did rock operas. So very cool. So what else you got? So I'm going to do a really famous one next. Uh, it's The Wall by Pink Floyd. Everybody probably knows this. It's their 11th studio album. It was released in 1979. Uh, the story explores Pink, a uh, jaded rock star. A lot of these about rock stars. A uh, jaded rock star whose self-imposed isolation from society is symbolized by a wall. Um, it was a commercial success charting in the U.S. at number one for 15 weeks. Uh, the famous songs on it are Another Brick in the Wall, Run Like Hell, Comfortably Numb, and that list goes on because there's a ton of songs that were released on that that are absolutely wonderful. Mother, yeah. <laughs> Roger Waters uh, conceived the wall during the In the Flesh tour, modeling the character Pink after himself and former bandmate Sid Barrett. Um, it got mixed reviews from critics thinking it was overblown and pretentious to them thinking it was one of the greatest albums of all time. And it did sell more than 24 million copies. And it was awesome. And they did tour with it several times. <laughs> yeah, and there's there was different tours and different yeah. incarnations of it and different, you know, eras where you know was re you know put back together there is a great film that's it's, really fun it's wonderful <laughs> yeah it's very, very i love well. the animation i think that's my favorite part in the yeah. film alan parker did a great job um w with that and um there's some great documentaries out there about the making of that that you guys should definitely check out if you're a pink floyd fan uh michael goltz give a shout out to you brother good friend of mine who is a pink floyd maniac i see the photographer yeah i know him yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a good guy he loves pink floyd so we got some floyd on the list for you today mike what you got um i also have this is the one i was talking about marilyn manson molded his whole concept album after was yeah. the rise and fall of ziggy stardust and the spiders hole. from mars david bowie Fifth studio album by David Bowie, released in 1972. It um, features the Spiders from Mars, which is his backup band. Uh, the story is about Bowie's alter ego, Ziggy Stardust, a fictional androgynous bisexual rock star who acts as a messenger for extraterrestrial beings. <laughs> the Earth is saved by rock and roll messiah Ziggy with only five years to survive. He wins the hearts of teens, scared parents, seduces everyone, and dies a victim of his own fame. Sold seven and a half million copies worldwide. Received widespread critical acclaim. At critics loved the androgyny that he produced. They loved it. Loved it. Um, he had already taken on the role of Ziggy Stardust before the album was released, and it became impossible for him to separate himself from the character. He actually started to act like the character. He got, he seduced everybody. He slept with everybody. He did all the drugs. He also had uh, doubts of his own sanity because his whole personality was affected by this character. Um, Songs are Starman, Lady Stardust, Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette City, Rock and Roll Suicide. There, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that is uh, one of the greatest albums of all time. It also has some of the best guitar work on any David Bowie album ever by um, Mick Ronson. And the, the, the sort of regret that that. Mick Ronson and a lot of other people had about that was that he sort of got away from that sound and that band too quickly that he should have done a lot more with that because it was so awesome it just is like freaking um, and just, just absolutely amazing to hear that type of songwriting that type of vision but still real rock and roll you know, just great talk about guitar driven stuff. Like it's just absolutely, and it features one of rocks. Um, I, I, 
not as well-known heroes as he should be, and that's Mick Ronson. You know, not the household name that, say, Jimmy Page or Eddie Van Halen or Joe Perry are, <clears throat> but nonetheless, just a amazing uh, guitar player uh, that uh, really influenced a lot of guys and just kind of sadly was not able to kind of recapture that type of experience once David said, okay, I'm on to the next thing. And if any of you guys, you know anything about David Bowie, his career is like all over the place. He's done, and he's done stuff that quite frankly, I think sucks. It's just not, it's just, I mean, here's the thing. When an artist puts out that much material and they try that many different things, you're not going to love misses. it all. Yeah. They're going to have misses. That's it. That's what they're going to do. That's all right. You know, he was but, so successful. Yeah, he was amazing. I mean, he was <laughs> absolutely amazing. So a uh, David Bowie, shitty record is still a thousand times better than a lot of people's good records <laughs> that's the truth <clears throat> so in any case so that's all i'll say about that but i wanted really want to chime into that because i wanted to mention mick ronson <laughs> so what do you got next uh next on my list is operation mind crime by queens rake third album by progressive metal band queens rake released in 1988 was reissued in 2003 with two bonus tracks and again in 2006 as a box set uh, concept album and rock opera about the story that follows Nikki, a recovering drug addict who becomes disillusioned with the concept or er, corrupt society of his time and gets involved with a revolutionary group as an assassin of political leaders. Uh, it was certified gold a year after its release and platinum in 1991. Uh, a sequel was released to it in 2006, Operation Mind Crime 2. Uh, received a widespread critical acclaim upon the release and modern reviews are just as positive. As the original, with one being uh, with being called one of the greatest heavy metal releases to date, uh, the song "I Don't Believe in Love" was nominated for a Grammy in 1990 for Best Metal Performance, and Ronnie James Dio was Doctor X in the sequel. Uh, the songs that were prominent are "I Don't Believe in Love," "Eyes of a Stranger," and "Revolution Calling." Although I think all the songs on that are great. Also, he uh, Jeff Tate will be at Jurgles tomorrow night doing Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> so if you're in the area, are you going? <laughs> no. I'm not. I got a show to record. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, Queensryche, one of the, a very important band. Um, while they didn't cr create the kind of um, fervor that, say, a Motley Crue type band did, at, you know, around because the, they were out around the same yeah. time. They were contemporaries of each other. Um, they had. They were able to do more serious type of music, still make it rock, and still bring fans in. You know, it wasn't like that obscure. I mean, I mean, Eyes of a Stranger is was a big single. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody that's one of their big singles, as big as uh, Jet City Woman yeah, or anything like sure. that. You know, um, <clears throat> but um, and one of, one of the things I really liked about. Uh, that band is uh, they're very it's a very nuanced thing what they did musically they really they're like it's one of those bands that like on the surface okay yeah it's good rock and roll but if you dig a little bit deeper you listen a little bit deeper a we know we just talked about the concept the lyrics and even on their other albums they were always one of these bands that were like really trying to like kind of dig a little deeper lyrically but they also dug a little deeper musically and the way the two guitarists would would interplay with each other and the way they worked in different types of chord changes and stuff. It was a bit deeper than, not to pick on them, than like a Motley Crue or a Poison. I mean, they were one of those bands. Yeah, these these <laughs> these guys were like were like really had um, their feet in jazz fusion and progressive rock mm -hmm. and things like that. They definitely had that uh, type of music. Not so much, not as much as a Dream Theater or one of those kind of bands, but definitely brought a lot of that to bear in what they did. Um, great band. Um, and there is a touring version of oh, Queen's yeah. Reich that is, that's been going around now without Jeff Tate for, for a while oh, yeah. now. So. Yeah, they, they of course always do that split. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get along with the singer. Yeah, Lead singer syndrome. Yeah. So what do you got next? <laughs> My next one is a little bit different. It's Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ, Lily. Okay. <laughs> 1970 rock opera with music from Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyrics by Tim Rice. Uh, turned it to Broadway in 1971. Uh, mostly sung with very little dialogue. Uh, the story is loosely based on the gospel accounts of the last week of Jesus's life. 
if you believe in that, ending with cru- uh, crucifixion. It depicts political and interpersonal struggles between Judas and Jesus that are not in the Bible as well. Also, the television version had John Legend as Jesus and Alice Cooper as King Herod. And I really freaking love Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, the songs that I remember and loved were What's the Buzz? Um, of course, Jesus Christ Superstar and uh, the Hosanna song. So. Um, yeah, along with Je- well, Jesus Christ Superstar was a total phenomenon. You know, it, it's been, it's been back, done uh, goes back times. on Broadway, every, and it becomes a big hit, and <laughs> Movies, all kind of, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, there's a companion rock opera to it, not a companion to it, but a similar one, I should say, called Godspell. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Godspell. Don't forget Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. So this subject, this story has been done and redone and redone and redone. It just, it resonates with people and it does have the, the sort of, uh, not sort of, it has the religious um, story that so many people grew up with, you know, they were taught in Sunday school or church or whatever. So it just sort of makes sense to retell this story. And this is a story that is actually retold in a lot of different ways in some ways that maybe you not think in many ways uh, a musical like the lion king is a very similar story mm-hmm. to the jesus story so this and there's a lot of stories out there that are very similar to the jesus story it's a kind of uh, iconic um archetypal stories it's the kind of thing that i don't know it pushes our buttons real deep inside somewhere and we we latch on to so we like these kind of stories um and uh so setting it to music was just kind of a no-brainer as sooner or later somebody was going to do it you know it just was like okay let's let's do it great i love it yeah um uh it's not uh i i I know and it was it's a little controversial some people that are more hardcore religious you know would like something that was, uh, you know, maybe a little more sticking with what they what they feel the, the Gospels really say. But nonetheless, it's that story, and it is Andrew Lloyd Webber. And he's great. What else can Phantom you say? Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Man's a genius. <laughs> uh, so so you, got, you got anything else on your list? I do. I have my final, final one, which everybody seems to want to talk about, which is not called Pinball Wizard. It's called Tommy uh, by The Who. Fourth studio album by English rock band The Who, released as a double album in 1969, mostly composed by Pete Townsend, uh, tells the story of Tommy Walker, a dumb, deaf, and blind boy, including his experiences with life and his relationship with his family. Uh, It was a commercial success. Uh, Pinball Wizard, the song reached the top 20 in the U.S., sold 20 million copies worldwide. Um, One of the prominent songs is Pinball Wizard, also I'm Free, See Me and Feel Me, and of course it was made into a movie later on. I think the movie is complete garbage. However, the album is great. <laughs> the, the movie's weird. I don't... If you haven't seen it, I'm spoiling something here for you. And margaret swims in a pool of baked beans. That's all I have to say. Tina Turner is the acid queen. <laughs> Although, Elton John's in it as the pinball wizard. Elton John cool. in it, yes. <laughs> Uh, he 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 sings that song. There's a yeah. lot of famous people. Eric yeah. Clapton's in it. There's a lot of uh, famous rock stars from that era, and th- I think that's what makes it kind of cool. I'm sorry, I think it's kind of cool. Is it great? No, but is it cool? I think it's cool because it's just fun to see these guys d- doing doing the, doing these songs, uh, and it's different. It's not the music. The the the, the music. On the album is not the music in the movie. It is, but it's there's it's different, different versions. Yeah, different there's different versions. people singing. The different people all singing songs. things like that. The, the arrangements are a little different. So actually, I'm gonna go home and watch it now. It's a it's a sort of like um, it's a double shot weekend at the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think it's really fun. Pete Townsend is a freaking just he's a freak. He's a songwriting. Freak. An animal. He did. The, uh, we we were talking about this uh, while we were playing the last song. D- he did another rock opera called The Iron Man that he did. Um, and I believe White City is another rock opera that he did. So he's done a lot. That's something. That's a thing he sort of returns to 
occasionally. Supposedly, The Who is doing a new album, and he says that this music on it is his greatest music ever. We shall see. On that happy note, we are going to take. Um, we're gonna get. We're gonna get back into the music. We're gonna play um, a band from the Evansburg area. Hmm. Those of you guys from the from the Pittsburgh area, Evansburg's like in you know, this little kind of podunk town. But this band really rocks. They've got a great name. They're called Darkness on the Radio. Before I play the music, though, guys, I want to remind you one more time. It are it, you want to go to Patreon.com backslash Lou Lombardi? Come on, give me a dollar. Give me five dollars. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it if you put your mind to it. We want to get a little green going on here so we can do more with this and give you guys uh, a lot more value for it. Okay? And that is once again patreon.com backslash Lou Lombardi. Darkness on the radio. Ju- Speaking of religious themes, Judas take the wheel. Check it out, guys.
playing air guitar to that one. Those of you who are uh, hanging out with us live on Facebook, you saw me playing some air guitar to that. I just think that that is just freaking badass. I love that band. I'm so glad that uh, Jason reached out to me a, a few months ago. And we just got we uh, found those guys. Facebook.com backslash darkness OTR darkness on the radio. I f- just I just think they. I just think that kicks ass. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, we uh, opened the show with Mr. Battle, and that is MrBattleOfficial.com. We had our good friends, Reign of Z, who have been, uh, they're like staples. They're like, they're, Reign of Z and some of these bands are like the bread. <laughs> the, the, the red bread, the rice, the noodles of the potatoes. Mm, of, all the good things. Of, of the Ludini uh, rock and roll circus, hard rock and metal circus. And uh, we love those guys. Uh, Reignofz.com. Uh, we sort of built the show around some of these bands because we didn't know what to play in the beginning. And uh, we, we, we didn't want to play famous bands. Yeah, so, so we just, yeah. So, so we just love you. Uh, we love you guys um, out there doing that music. Um, so just a couple things that... Um, Maybe a few that were kind of out there that maybe some of us forgot about, like In the Court of the Crimson King by King Crimson. And I did mention The Iron Man um, by Pete Townsend. We mentioned Jesus Christ Superstar. I had to have it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that's a uh, um, a, a total, um, uh, you know. Of Joe's course. Garage. Yeah, Joe's Garage is another one that we did not mention. That's You know why I didn't put it on my list? Because I don't know it. Yeah, Joe's Garage by uh, Frank Zappa. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Itch, and I would throw in with that the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, good stuff. Also, Repo the Genetic Opera. I did not put that on there um, just because I wanted to add some other things on mine. But if you haven't seen it, it's it's actually Rock Opera turned into a movie. Joan Jett's in it. Alex Vega's in it. It's a really good movie. Francis the Mute by the Mars Volta. That's a little more contemporary. The Final Cut by Pink Floyd. This is a record that... I really struggle with. I had some friends tell me, "Oh my God, you need to get the final cut. It blows the wall away. The wall's shit compared to the final cut." I'm like, "Wow, really?" I'm like, "Okay," and I got it, and I think that it's just very meh. I, I, I'm just it does not have, in my opinion, the standout kind of songs and everything that the that the wall has. Um, they, from what I understand, these were songs that were written for the wall or around the same time as the wall and they <clears throat> it's it does not sound cohesive to me at all but it is a concept album slash, I often forget about it so what's that tell you yeah <laughs> uh, slash rock opera um, uh, a lot of people uh, on our uh, posts mentioned wanted to mention um, uh, uh, sabotage and that album is a dead winter dead. So, just uh, kind of throwing out a few out there. We did talk about the Crimson Idol by Wasp. Uh, Crack the Sky by Mastodon. There's a band called Crack the Sky, not to be confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's spelled different. Uh, we did not mention these two records right here. And I've actually seen these records performed live. And that is the Christmas Attic. Attic. <laughs> the Christmas Attic. And there it is. <laughs> And no more alcohol for Lou. Uh, The Christmas (laughs) Attic and Christmas Eve and other stories by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. If you have never seen the Trans-Siberian Orchestra live, do yourself a favor. They they come to your city or somewhere sometime around Christmas and they sell out. (laughs) Yeah, and and very a lot of places. I know Pittsburgh they do a couple of nights, so. You can you can catch them. Just just be away. Just keep you know, add it to your bands in town or whatever, and really go. If you love hard rock and metal and you love great guitar, you're, you're going to be blown away. Um, and the the way they do the Christmas stuff is they don't really do the Jesus thing. It's spiritual. It's like it's people, not it, in your face. It's like the face. It's like the remember they used to have the Facebook status. You could pick what religion you were, and there was one that said spiritual, not religious. Mm-hmm. That was way back in early Facebook days. But that's what this is. It's spiritual, not religious. So you can, well, no matter what your sort of position on the whole thing is, you can go and get swept up in the 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 it's music beautiful. and yeah, and it's it's a very touching story, and you're really going to love it. Um, oh, Keith. Hey, Keith, what's up? Um, the other we're we're wrapping up here, buddy. Give us a couple minutes. Uh, uh, Blows against the Empire by Jefferson Starship. A lot of people do not realize that those guys did uh, a concept album as well. So we just wanted to kind of throw out 
um, a few out there. Uh, Brian Urso said, is Bad Out of Hell a rock opera? Well, it, apparently it is. <laughs> oh, American Idiot. Uh, um, is American Idiot really a rock opera? I, I think that's cheating. I, it might be cheating. <laughs> and um, I would be remiss if I did not mention this, although Lily refused to mention it. And that is 2112 by Rush. At least the one side is rock opera. The other side is uh, just, you know, some, just some great songs, but the, the one side is the uh, story. So, all right, guys, you've been listening to Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus. Our website's LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. We're going to jump over and party in our uh, group here. Our party our, zone. Our party, party zone. Um, and I know there's people already waiting, you know, when's the party going to get started? So we're going to go over there in a couple of minutes. Um, so... That you, if you want to get in on that, there's there's no cost or anything. You just go to lulombardirocks.com and you guys can uh, just just come and hang out with us. Uh, grab a bottle of your favorite booze. We're gonna mix it up and hang out with our brother Keith the Hawk Hawkins, who we haven't seen in a little while. Um, and guys, don't forget support us. Go to patreon.com backslash lulombardi. Patreon.com backslash lulombardi. You know, you know, a buck a month, five dollars a month, something like that really helps us, shows us that you're there, and it's the kind of thing that we can show to our affiliates to get better time slots and do a lot more for you guys. You can check that all out there. Um, and uh, Keith popped in for a minute. So Keith, you got any, you got any parting thoughts or parting shots? Hold a second. Let me put you on. I don't have your recording yet. Hold a second. Let me grab you real quick. Don't don't talk yet. Don't talk. Don't talk. Don't talk. We got. I got to try because I didn't. I wasn't expecting you just yet. So let me get to your. Keith is here. Keith, and you want to chime in with a little something before we get out of here tonight? Am I able to speak now, or just like the fucking communist block again, or something? It's not the communist block. You may speak. Okay. Are you talking about? Concept albums—is that what you were speaking of tonight? Rock albums slash rock operas slash concept albums. Yeah. So you know you got—I'm sure people mentioned things like uh, Operation Mindcrime was a like a theme like that. That's a good one, right? Uh, uh, that Tommy Quadrophenia, those kind of like—I didn't put the Quadrophenia on there. Seem to make some lists. I actually glanced at quickly. Uh, Bad Out of Hell, I probably would agree with, is a more of a concept album. That's very good on our show there. Uh, so yeah, the list goes on and on, but that's like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, those kind of records around. But what was the uh, big topic? What was the big seller tonight for the most popular pick? Everybody was picking Tommy. Yeah, that's... That's, that's the common one. Yeah, it's a, that's a great one. I mean, I'm not even a huge Who fan, but I mean, that's like they struck a nerve with that one. You know, it's, it's, it kind of, uh, it's, I, I would think it'd be difficult to make an album like that because you have to kind of string everything together. I mean, I guess maybe to some people it would be easy if you have like one big idea that you could stretch into several songs, obviously. But I think at times it could be difficult to make that kind of vibe, you know, just to get to make it all flow like that. So that's. That's my opinion. So anybody that can make a rock opera or theme sort of like, you know, concept album, that's great. More power to you, man. Awesome. Um, we are going to end for tonight. We're going to be go, go over to my private group. Keith is going to be there. We're going to have a few drinks and hang out and tell real dirty jokes. And if you're not there, you're going to miss it. Go to lulombardirocks.com and you guys can get in on that. Uh, Lily, any parting thoughts before we get out of here tonight? Um, just my show on Thursdays, Hot Licks with Lily 6, Rock Rage Radio, 6 to 8 p.m. You can download the app or just go to the uh, website, rockridgeradio.com. All right, guys. This one sounds a little familiar, but here it is, Lou Lombardi Strange Love Medicine. Catch you guys all in the next Ludini Hard Rock and Metal Circus. One, two.